Blog Talk Radio. All right. Hello, 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 and welcome to that 80s hour or so. My name is Juan Alamán, and as always with me is Mr. Tony Lamar. Tony, how are you tonight, my brother? I'm doing quite festive in films today for some reason. I, I'll start. I'll do my best, but I'm in a good mood. I'm good. I'm good. That was quite eloquent. I, I like that. I was trying to. <laughs> I was watching some Bond movies earlier, so trying to be all. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about a Bond movie tonight that came out in 1981. Because tonight we're going to be talking about movies again. We haven't just focused on movies in a little while or just a variety of movies on a year. And tonight we're going to focus on the year 1981. And I want to start out with an animated movie that I love. I've watched over and over. I can watch it anytime it's on, but it's usually not on. And uh, it's hard to find anymore. It's called American Pop. I heard this movie. I even seen the trailer to this movie, but I have never seen this movie. I it, was, it was an answer to. Movie. Wasn't it an answer to a uh, heavy metal? It's not really like heavy metal because it's a lot of rock music, not not heavy metal music. It's uh, about a family of musicians through the generations. They are musicians, and as they move toward each person's story. It intertwines, and finally, one of them finally makes it big in music. But Mm. all through their lives, they all had talent, but one died in a war. One was killed another way. One was killed another way. And American Pop is just a great, great just movie to watch. It's animated, but you, you won't, trust me, you'll enjoy it. If you haven't watched it, Watch American Pop. It's a great movie. Timeless. Well, it's I, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like, was this a Don Bluth film? Is this one of his films? Because the animation style looks like a John Bluth film. It looks like and it a John Bluth like, film? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I'm, just, I'm looking at the trailer right now. Because, yeah, I definitely haven't seen this movie. But I'm looking at the style of it. It kind of looks like a um, Don Bluth. It looks cool. I, I can really see cool. how they, yeah, yeah. It looks pretty and cool. I can see how they did this one. Yeah, yeah. They had a lot of Bob Seger in it, uh, Janis Joplin, uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, and then it goes back in time into like the the music that was around during World War II. You know, the doo wop music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was actually directed by Ralph Bakshi. And it was uh, released by Columbia. And it was considered a drama, and it is a drama. You know, uh, you don't want to go into this thinking, oh, it's a cartoon. It's going to be all touchy-feely. It is not. It is a drama. So Yeah. It's it's done in the same style as Lord of the Rings that came out, uh, I think, a year before. Uh, But definitely could use, like, real um, images in the background. I mean, it's definitely a cool-looking movie. I might have to check this one. I have never seen this movie. It's great. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. All right, you got one for me? Uh, well, okay. Well, I, I want to go right to my favorite movie of 81, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. That's fine. Because this is, this 
I have to say, a lot of the movies I've seen were definitely on VHS. I mentioned before, my dad just rented like nuts every week. <laughs> every Friday night, he came home with like six, eight movies. And I don't know how much they were back in the 80s, but I know that's a lot of money. Because yeah. that was every week he was renting movies. And and I don't know if my dad is like, eh, I don't care if it's R-rated or not. Or he knew it wasn't like porn-ish, <laughs> so I guess. So I will start with I will start with Excalibur, which is oh not my uh, top movies. But the reason I'm gonna start with this one because it's something that most people understand is King Arthur, you know, and you know Knights of the Round Table. And the way this one was done was so crazy. It just it was like looking back now, like someone smoked weed and said, "Let's make a movie about Excalibur, man. It's this and and, and you know with a wizard and stuff." And it was a definitely a uh, long movie, I remember, but I remember just watching it. Every time I was on cable, I would watch it, no matter what. I don't know, because do. there's... Uh, you still watch that movie? It's still good. It's still, I still watch yeah. that movie. You know some of the... Uh, you know one of the big names in it that wasn't a lead? I would say... Let me just guess. I would say uh, the guy who played John Luke Picard, Patrick Stewart? Patrick Stewart. He is in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do remember that. I, I, I think that. that's a great movie. I'll watch it every time it's on. I'll pause, you know, and watch it. Of course, the scene with Guinevere. Wow. She yeah. would bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but I still say the line, and nobody gets it when I say it anymore, but, uh, well, I mm-hmm. don't think anybody ever did. But when Merlin says, look into the eyes of the dragon, when he's uh, – uh, trying to get over on the on the the female uh, protagonist. Lady, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name? Yeah, dude, I have no idea. I, all I know is that she uh, slept with her brother and have a half, you know, incest. Yeah. I thought that was crazy because even that I knew that's not right. I like, dude, I, even at I'm 11 years old. Okay, so I know that's not right. And that kid looks funky. That kid looked weird. He looked like a like a, like a like <laughs> a. I can see why your dad uh, didn't want to claim you because you're a weird looking kid. Said, yeah, that ain't mine. I got my sister got me drunk and you know that's what's left of it. Oh my god. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. Even man. it was crazy, crazy, crazy. But Definitely. it was it was a great movie. It was a a great uh, take on Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And speaking I mean, of the Arthur, music was epic. Yeah, the music <laughs> epic. But, but speaking of Arthur, uh, romantic comedy, of course. John, Sir John Gielgud won an Oscar for Best Sporting Actor. And if you haven't guessed by now, I said the name Arthur with Dudley Moore yep. and Liza Minnelli. Uh, uh-huh. Great, very funny movie. And Dudley Moore was so on with everything he did in that movie. Uh, it was it's... nothing like perf- uh, a Perfect Defense or whatever that was. Oh, best defense. Well, that's best defense. Well, well, I really feel that this movie was written for him. I haven't done a lot of research on the behind the scenes of Arthur, but I can, mm-hmm. I can. It just looked like it was made for him. I remember this about Arthur. I just remember my dad saying, "We're gonna go see this movie called Arthur. We're all going." And I just remember my dad laughing in the back. I didn't sit with him for some reason. I sat up front. I don't know why, but I just remember my dad just bellow laughing. But I used him as a reference. Okay, this has to be, or my dad wouldn't be laughing. I didn't really understand how humor 
was made. I actually got a lesson about comedy in Arthur. Okay. And I, and, and I realized, okay, this is how comedy is written. Not like a big, but I got a, an understanding. You know what I mean? Like, give me the scene. The scene is where the father goes and meets Arthur in the room with the moose in it. You yes. know what I'm talking about? Go meet yes. Susan. And then he goes, he tells a story about how when he was a kid, he killed a man. He came into our kitchen, trying to steal our food. I took a knife and I killed him right there. And Arthur goes, well, you probably ate out that night with a dead body in your kitchen. And the dad goes, you find humor in everything. When he said you find humor in everything, I understood what he meant. Because he imagined, no, because that's a pretty brutal thing to think about, right? But yeah. Arthur said you guys probably ate out that night with a dead guy in your kitchen, which they probably did. It's, it's the basic of comedy. There's a structure of two stories. You tell one storyline. What happened? Then you find humor in the next story. And you just you do a flip, and and right there I got ah oh, that's I get it. And I mean it's something so simple, but it it, it started me on the track of being. Funny. I understood what it was going on. I thought it was so hilarious. And Arthur is one of my favorite movies. Granted, in, not in 2017, this movie would not be made. No, it would not well, be they made because they remade it. Well, yeah, they changed it. That's a good example. They changed it all up because one, mm-hmm. I don't think the trunk. Because remember, Arthur was drunk driving in that movie. Once, oh, yeah. I think, twice, yeah, actually, in the same night, in the same movie. You know? And I, I love Arthur. I, it's such a funny, funny movie. It's the same people who ended up making Cheers, which got me into watching that show because of Arthur. True yeah. story. It was a great movie. But great great um, soundtrack. And unfortunately, uh, the artist who sang the song, with his name was uh, Christopher Cross. Chief, his name. Cross. Christopher okay. Singer. Cross. Now he was a great singer in the seventies and late eight and early eighties, but because mm-hmm. of music videos, he wasn't very camera friendly. And everyone <laughs> wanted to make music videos that he didn't want to. I mean, I'm not. I, I tried to badmouth the dude. I felt bad for him, but he was a victim of the the video revolution as far as artists uh, not only making music but doing music videos to get you know records sold. And if well, I'm not I'm mistaken, you know. For our younger listeners, let me lay it out to you. He would have won on The Voice, but he wouldn't have gone anywhere on American Idol. Yes, that's a great, great, great um, analogy. Exactly. And he had one more hit song, Sailing, but if you, I think if you pulled the music videos, he's not in it very much. I know like Arthur is mostly all scenes from the movie. Well, uh, I mean, uh, just speaking of Christopher Cross, he he's from Texas, and he had several hits on his first album, and he got New Artist of the Year, an album of the year, I believe, when this came out. Uh, mm-hmm. He had Ride Like the Wind. He had uh, Sailing. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He yeah. Had Arthur's Sailing. theme. Um, mm-hmm. I think he had another hit, but he just he came out guns blazing and then just disappeared, just, just like that. But, Unfortunate. Uh, yeah, Unfortunate. unfortunately, because he, he has a great voice. I mean... Not had. I bet he still has a great voice. All right, Definitely. now ne- another movie, my friend. Mm. Oh, me? Fact, my turn. Seg- your turn. Yeah, yeah I segued into Arthur. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Here's one. Now, this next film, I I I got caught up in the advertisement. I got caught up in the whole hype of this movie. I remember the summer release. I remember going to Seven Eleven to get the cups. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know who was going to win the Cannonball Run. 
That was a great movie. Dom DeLuise. Dun, dun, dun. Captain <laughs> Chaos. Yep. And I, uh, I, what I, I loved yeah. all the scenes with Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. Oh, my goodness. Because Dean Martin is constantly drinking. And um, <laughs> he says, uh, he says, why don't you go in there? He, he wants him to go do something. He wants Sammy Davis to do something. He goes, why don't you do it? Because you're small. You're small. You see? <laughs> look at me. Look at you. You're small. SML. Small. <laughs> that movie was insane. Insane. But uh, it, I liked it because it's a Halloween movie. I didn't know at the time because I liked the Smoking and the Bandit. Uh, I don't know. The Stuntman came out the year before. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't not Stuntman. Hooper. Hooper. Sorry, not Stuntman. Stuntman's one with um, Peter O'Toole. Yeah, Hooper but I know, I, I know Hooper, what you yeah. meant. I agreed with you because I know I know what you meant. I was thinking Jan Michael Vincent and uh, Burt Reynolds, right? Yes. Yes. yes yeah, yes. that think, was a great movie. I think that came out later uh, or the year before. Anyway, so Cannonball Run. Is like I really I thought for sure that uh, Mr. Reynolds was going to win the Cannonball Run, which I in the long run I'm glad that he didn't. <laughs> yeah, but it was still a cool movie. I really really got a kick out of um, Cannonball Run. It was one of the movies that was just fun. I was 11 years old. It was a, it delivered exactly, and I I experienced my first uh, bloopers at the end of the movie, and I never saw oh, like yeah. what's what. Is, what what is this? What's going on here? Why are they showing cliffs? I mean, I I was I was definitely in in the behind the scenes because he's watching a show, show called um, That's Hollywood that shows behind the scenes. Again, only 20th Century Fox films, but you got to look behind the scenes of movies being made. So I was familiar with seeing clips of of the production, but seeing people messing up, I thought it was hilarious. It really tied in the and like they had fun. I think what they're trying to show was that they had fun making this movie. And we just want to yeah. get a little snippet of, of that. And I love I that. Love that. Was, yeah, it was a cool movie. And um, I don't know if it stands up now. I haven't watched it in, in years. I know Jackie Chan was in it. Who else? That, you know, Farrah Fawcett. Roger Moore. Roger Moore, which is a... Uh, Terry Bradshaw, big, Mel Tillis. Yeah, Mel uh, Tillis. He's the one that stutters. That's funny. That's he's like, I think... <laughs> I shouldn't talk about people instead. That's why it's quiet, man. He's on his own, people. I didn't, yeah, he's you, on his own. In fact, I kept quiet. I'm swimming <laughs> in the deep water. <laughs> Let me refer all your tweets to Juan Alamon <laughs> and the Steve uh, organization Alamon of America. I, I, no, <laughs> no, uh, but um, I love the Cannonball Run, but another one I really love. And it was a horror film. I'm, I was a big horror fan. Was an American Werewolf in London. Oh! John Landis oh. made the perfect horror movie. Excuse me. With an American Werewolf in London, he did. He t- excuse me. He touched all the notes. He uh, had great uh, uh, music. He had great uh, effects. He had everything you needed to make a great film and even a little bit of humor in there. Man, 
I have a, a fond memories of the American Wolf in London. It's it, um, my cause I, I keep going back to my dad. He would let we would rent movies all the time, right? But it got mm-hmm. so bad that I would invite friends. First, be like one person, two, three, and it being like six people at my house watching movies. I didn't realize at the time a lot of family wasn't doing this, having you know, renting movies that often. You know, I mm-hmm. I know it was a luxury. So I would have a house full of kids. So. I I found out my dad's gonna rent America Wolf in London. He said all of your friends watch it, but they have notes from all their parents. So it was kind of funny that as kids came to my house. I give a note to my dad saying it's okay to watch America Wolf in London. He got all these notes, and we watched the movie. And uh, <clears throat> uh, American Wolf in London made me a man. <laughs> How's that possible? <laughs> How's that possible? Because well, not a man. I should have. I was 11 years old. Well, let me say I'm really got my first experience with a girl because I had a friend who did not want to walk home by herself because she was there was no parents at her so I had to walk her home and she let me come to her house and she let me see what was under a bra which was my first time but that's about it (laughs) so if I ever see David if I ever see David Naughton I'm going to thank him because he got me my first boobs in my hand because this girl was too scared from the movie let's get to the movie the movie that first segue or scene of them out on the moors, all oh, that yeah. was crazy. That 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 just set the mood the whole entire film. What I always wanted crazy. to go to England just to walk through the moors because I was like, what are the moors? But in the what was it, the Sheep's Head Tavern? Oh, the uh, slaughtered lamb. Slaughtered lamb. That's it. Sheep's Head must be from somewhere else. But anyway. They walk in there and they go, "Hi, fellas!" And I mean, basically, they they're like, "Hi, fellas!" And everybody's like, "What are these guys doing here? Do they know where they're at?" You know? And then they stay away from the motor, stay on the the road. And you they don't made me miss. I've never missed a board. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. Anybody out there who hasn't watched it, man, do yourself a favor. I mean, just and for it, the scene of him changing into a werewolf. I still watch that scene. I guarantee in the last six months I've seen that scene. I'm not exaggerating. I really – I love that. It still stands up. It still stands up. Yes. Yep. The effects, everything. It was It was a great, great movie. 81 is kind of sounding really good right now. Uh, so uh, it's your turn. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 81 is a good year. You, you picked a good year because uh, we haven't even – Started with the rest of these films here. No, no, we haven't even started. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so American Wolf of London, great movie, sad ending, cool, cool. Let's uh, uh, well, since we're talking about werewolves, this I think American Werewolf started the whole chain because there's been a lot of other horror, you know, werewolf movies. You got The Howling and Wolfen. Now I've never seen The Howling, which was directed by Joe Dante. Hey, I haven't seen this movie. But I did, I did see the part where he said, ah, I'm going to pick my brain and, and turn it into a werewolf, which was pretty cool. But there was one that I saw on TV called Wolfen, which was weird. I just I was, put, I was putting him out. Uh, Albert Finney? Yes. Yes. And uh, I, I remember he was naked in the movie, and it was I, I don't remember much. I, just, I do remember seeing that film. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All right. Okay. So go ahead. Your movie now. What, 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 what do you well, got? I was just going to say, before we leave Wolfen – I got to mm-hmm. tell you, it had one of the more gruesome murders by a wolf that I remember seeing. And there was a guy in there. He's an older guy. He's a character actor. But he's like the bad guy, of course, as usual. 
and mm. uh, the wolf goes in there and just slices his head off, and it rolls away, and he's like, Still like talking a little bit with his head cut off. That was so cool when I was a kid. I was like, "Wow, I want to chop somebody's head up." No, I'm kidding. Um, no, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on wow. to escape. I know, escape from New York. Oh yes, John John Carpenter, Carpenter with his long line of Kurt Russell movies that he's made with. Adrian Barbeau, Lee Van Cliff, Donald Pleasance, Isaac Hayes, Ernest Borgnine, uh, among others uh, that were in this movie. It was, a, uh, it was a Kurt Russell just kind of vehicle. I mean, he drove the whole thing, but it was such a good movie. And it's Snake Plissken. I mean, who's going to have a name like Snake Plissken? Uh-huh. And I remember, I remember when they arrest him and they're like, stay on the orange line. Um. That was so cool, you know, the way they had him arrested. Like, if you step off the, the black line or the orange line, you know, you'll be shot or whatever. And uh-huh. then they, they they sell him a bill of goods and tell him, oh, yeah, we put this in you and we'll let you live if you do this. And he's like, yep. oh, man. Because you're the only guy that can get in there and get it done. Mm-hmm. It's such a mm-hmm. good movie. It's such a good movie. John Carpenter. And the music that John Carpenter does is always great. I mean, I, John I, Carpenter. Music. Yeah. And I mean, cut you off, but like John Carpenter knew how to score his music, of course, because he was director and written, written it. I think he wrote it, but it definitely you can hear. You know when you're hearing John Carpenter music. I'm glad that's why he tours because his music's so iconic. The man can tour and do his own soundtrack, which is awesome. Which is almost every musician, silly, but yeah. definitely uh, one of those films where, you know, it's come on, Escape from New York. It, they they we made it a prison of nuts, and it was a good movie. And they ended yeah. up doing um, a, the thing after this, after um, Escape from New York. That's the next one they do together. Escape from New York, um, uh, the thing after this one for sure. And then they did uh, what you would call it a great, another great movie, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. They did uh, Escape from L.A. together too. Oh yeah, we, we won't talk not, about that. One. <laughs> no, yeah, not as good. Not as good. Definitely not as good. But, uh, all right, your turn, buddy. Okay, okay, okay. This movie here, I promise you, I recorded this movie. It was on, on the movie channel, and I watched it almost every weekend because I just thought it was so crazy and just insane. The visual, the just the, the whole look of the film. At the time, I didn't realize this is the same one of those guys who was part, part of my Python. I'm talking about Time Bandits. Time oh, Bandits. great movie. Time Bandits is yes. A, I mean, how do you describe this movie? How, how do you tell somebody what is Time Bandits? It's, it's Time Bandits is about. Well, you you go first. I'll see what you say. Well, I, that's my problem. <laughs> like, I know it's about it's. Uh, they're time travelers. These they're um, they're little people that work yes. for I believe is God. And they mm-hmm. took the map to take them around the world, and they're going to rob people, which was – Well, it takes them through time. Yes, yes, through time, through different, um, you know, like – Time periods. Time, yeah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. One of my and favorite lines for the movie yeah. – Okay. One of my favorite lines for the movie is when they rob Napoleon, and they take all the stuff, and they go back to um, Robin Hood's time, right? 
So I guess like 200 years or 500 years before. Said, this, we're, four, we're 400 years before the birth of this guy, right? Try that mm-hmm. in a court of law. I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <try> it. <laughs> oh, I man. Court of law. I, I thought it was like before the person was born. Great movie. I just... Man, amazing film. Um, the visuals. And there's a Terry Gilliam movie who's part of my Python. And you look back now, you can definitely see, yeah, this is totally Terry Gilliam's movie. And I love it. I hope they never remake it. I think they ever will. I don't care if they do an animation, TV series. Leave Time Bands alone. I'm sure it's going to be safe. But what a – I know there's a line from Time Bands. I still get almost every week when I leave my house. Mm-hmm. When I walk out the door and there's like maybe someone across the street or a kid walking, walking across the street, I say, hello, I'm Hood. <laughs> I would say that as I walk out of the house. Hello, I'm Hood. This is John Cleese at his best. Love it. Love it. No, it was great. Yeah. Man, I'm having to pare down what I want to talk about. Uh, you're finding great ones. I'm thinking of great ones or ones that I think are great. But you mentioned this earlier, and I didn't realize that it did also come out in 1981, and that's Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal, yes. Uh, I did not see Heavy Metal till my, in later years. I, uh, I don't have a reason. Yeah. Oh, man, I watched Heavy Metal. I mean, Cheech and Chong, Harold Ramis, Eugene Levy, John Candy. Um, so many voices were in this. And um, so many great stories. I mean, the one about, uh, what's his name? Um, Dan, the one that John Candy voices. Oh, yeah, epic. That, that was pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just well you may not know about Oh, go ahead. Well, you may not know about this film because all those actors that you name, a lot of them did it without really assigning a contract. So the movie was a hard time getting on on. Or Blu-ray, or not Blu-ray, on VHS. Um, it, there's a backstory. It's something you may want to look into. It's really pretty cool. But yeah, I do remember Heavy Metal. I do remember that Dan. Um, I do remember Captain Stern, which is probably my favorite one. Because the guy goes, they got you um, pretty much cornered. Uh, don't worry, I have an angle. Talking about Captain yes. Stern? Yeah. Uh, and, I have uh, an angle. Fist is the guy's and name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't see this movie till my honestly. I'm. I think in my late teens, like nineteen, twenty years old. Oh man! Whenever it, whenever it came on video or or it come on cable, and then then I saw it. Crazy movie, but yeah, I didn't see it till later. Later, later but it's definitely a good movie. Eighty one, definitely. All right, all right. Now it's your turn. Okay. Well. I've been I'm, all right. I go okay. I'm gonna go with my favorite movie, '81, because I really want to talk about this one. But I always like always like do the, the build up. This particular movie, I remember getting in the car, we're gonna go see it, and I don't want to see it because for some reason I was against war movies. I don't want to see anything with war. I'm talking like Apocalypse Now, you know, whatever war, 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 war. When I saw the poster, I saw Nazis and trucks and tanks, and I'm like, I don't want to see this movie. I'm talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh man! The, okay, go ahead. This this movie is my favorite movie of all time. Of all movies, and that's everybody knows I'm a Star Wars fan. 
I'm going to be honest, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I love the story. I love Indiana Jones. And I was floored by the middle of the movie. Like, this is not what I expected at all. Not at all. And um, I, it's my favorite movie of all time. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I can talk about this movie all day. So what's your thoughts on it? Raiders of the Lost Ark is a great movie. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you there. It's a great movie. Uh, uh, oh, I can't even think. Harrison Ford was perfect for the role, mm-hmm. played it well. And uh, mm-hmm. just the way it flows. Certain movies have a good flow to them that makes them so good. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with Raiders of the Lost Ark. It just flowed and had a good story, and I think it was well-directed. It was an adventure. I mean, the story, yes, but, I mean, you, from the very beginning, the very first scene, you're intrigued by his character. Who is he? What's I like the fact that the map wasn't together. There's so much detail I thought was awesome. You know, just yeah. the buildup of it. I mean, and, yeah, you look back, is the serials. I mean, I used to watch, like, Flash Gordon on TV, and it de- definitely had that serial vibe. And I, I felt that watching because in every so often he was in a situation. And Ray's Lost Ark really captured that. And, you know, the thing is, that role is actually supposed to be for um, Tom Selleck. And I'm yes. not sure what he couldn't do it. And, and even George Lucas said yeah. that yeah, um, he didn't want Harrison Ford to do it because he just worked on Star Wars and American Graffiti. I can understand the director saying, I want to get some new blood in here. But, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad that didn't happen. I don't know what Tom Selleck would have done. I'm not sure the success would have been the same. There's no way of knowing. All I know is that I'm glad Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. He was yeah. it was made for him, and it's an epic movie. I can watch it anytime at any place. Flipping channels and Ray's Locks on. I am watching it from that point, guaranteed. Boom. Done. Awesome. That's awesome. Here's one. Uh, it's not a favorite, but it's a it's a good funny movie to watch anytime. History of the World Part One. Mel Brooks's uh, comedy that uh, had such a huge cast. But the main characters were played by Mel, Bro- uh, by Mel Brooks, Gregory Hines, and um, was it Madeline Kahn? Yes. Yes. And then, of course, Harvey Corman, Piss Boy, Piss Boy. <laughs> Captain Monet. Captain Monet. Yeah. People still giving that, like, reference to Lamar, you know, Headley, Lamar. But that's from. That's from. Ladies uh, and Saddles. Blazing Saddle. Sorry, sorry, wrong movie. Um, Blade, <laughs> History of the World Part One is another movie that I didn't see till later on. Um, I just, for whatever reason, just get to it. But I just talked about it, and when I saw it, I thought it was freaking hilarious. I the wish. Or, yeah, I had a buddy that did not think that was funny at all. He said, "You're gonna tell for that." So I didn't even make it. I'm watching it. I had nothing to do with it. Uh, I like the. Um, the French Revolution, all of the Roman, all of it, every one of it was funny. I love all yeah. that stuff. You know, I um, like uh, the, that uh, Moses parts the water for them, and you find out it's because he's being robbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Gregor Hines was funny in that movie. Uh, yeah. The scene with Dom, Dom DeLuise, all of it, it's just... I learned what a comic is. You know what a comic is, right? In in comic is. Did you bullshit what? this week? Did you try to bullshit this week? <laughs> <laughs> Can you name the actress who played the um, unemployment? Can you name that actress? 
I I'll be impressed if you can name that person who played the one who was uh asking Mel Brooks the try to bullshit this week. Is it Cloris Leachman? No, that's a good guess though. But no, it's I B. Knew Arthur. She was in it. Oh, B. Arthur. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember it that well. But that's that's a great uh, trivia question. Yeah, it's yeah. I, and that movie is burning in my brain. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> man, I wish they made a sequel. There were even in the movie they had a trailer for. It. I'm glad they did. And it's I just love it. It's a great movie. It's um. You you can't go wrong with it. If you want to see Mel Brooks, not at his, but hey, this was Mel Brooks when he's on his role. History World Part One is one of them. I don't know if Cecil was in the theaters, but uh, good movie. Now sticking with comedies, oh, yeah. Uh, all right, um, it's going to be. You mentioned them earlier in part of the uh, heavy metal is Cheech and Chong. They had a movie called Nice Dreams. Now. Nice Dreams is not one is not one of their best ones in my opinion, but just overall, I think this was their third movie. It is their third movie because the first one's Up in Smoke, then Chicken Chong's next movie, which is my favorite Dreams. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, and I remember watching this movie. It was funny at his moments, Donna, and you know that stuff was all funny. Um, but just the fact that Cheech and Chong made a lot of movies back then. Every year they almost had a film coming out and just broke up. And I just wanted to bring out – I just want to drop their names because they were big in the in the 80s and also in the, throughout the 70s. And their films, uh, were, they, they did all right. Nice Dreams yeah. nice is one of them. Yeah, Nice Dreams was a good one. I agree. Um, there's another one. Sylvester Stallone uh, kind of broke out of the whole Rocky thing for a little while. And he did Nighthawks with Rutger Hauer and Billy D. Williams. Oh, did that? Is that the year that came out? Yeah, that was a great movie. That was a very good movie. I read that again. My dad with a rental. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember. I'm telling you, a lot of these films I watched on uh, VHS, and I, I my dad got me in training for movies. I, I don't know if he knew that or not, but yeah, I'm telling you, every week or whatever movies came out, he I'm telling you. And uh, Nighthawks is one I really got a kick out of that one because you're right, it was Rocky Balboa being a cop with uh, Billy D. Williams, right? Is that correct? Yeah, his partner, yeah. And uh, uh, a great movie, a great movie. I don't yeah, remember much of it. I can't. I don't remember any scenes in particular. Uh, I remember the end. I'll never forget the end. It was really, it was a twist ending. You don't see coming. And then when it happens, you're like, "Oh man, how did he do that?" It was really. Did, cool. did he drop like a? Did he drop something on him or something? I don't remember. No, 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 no. You have to watch it. I'm not going to give it away this time, even though it's like a forty year old. I don't movie. do spoilers. Do I don't do spoilers. Don't films do, are over. I don't do spoilers, man. Movies are like thirty one years old and stuff. I don't do that, man. I don't do spoilers, <laughs> man. All right, what you got next? Okay, this next one is more about the director and the type of movies he made. And I remember I was, I was upset at the end. Why? Why did she have to die? I'm talking about John Carpenter and Nancy Allen in Blowout, which oh, was oh um, man, a, a pretty you cool John thriller. John Travolta. Yeah. What did I say? What did I say? John, John Carpenter. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he, he could have directed it. No, but John Travolta, Nancy Allen, and Blowout, which I really thought was pretty cool because 
the part that got me really interested when he took his sound and took the pictures and placed them together and saw that someone there was a gunshot. Yeah. And, you know, and and back then Brian De Palma always had these twist endings or something crazy going to happen at the end or one particular scene is really really intense and like the Untouchables with the baby on the there, the uh, scene from Dress to Kill and Blowout all have these you know great scenes. But what freaked me out is that that the Nancy Allen character was killed. I know she was a hooker if I'm not mistaken in the film. Not saying that it's yes. okay, but she has such a pivot role in the movie helping John Travolta that when she died at the end with the fireworks, whatever was happening, I was like, well, that's cold-blooded, man. Why did she have to die? I was mad. She didn't have to die, man. Man, <laughs> you're right. I mean, that surprised the crap out of me. And the way he uses her um, her scream because he recorded it. Yeah. And it haunts him. Yeah, it was uh, a crazy movie. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely um, one of... Uh, Brian De Palma's, I mean, a lot of people overlooked this film. I don't know why. I may need to watch it just to see. Maybe it's, it was cool to 11-year-old, maybe, and it wasn't as good as I think it is. I don't know, but I do thought it was pretty cool. Well, there's a great director who's nearly, maybe a bit older than us, but uh, Quentin Tarantino, who um, loved this performance by John Travolta. And it basically, he did a screening of it invited Travolta and I, I believe this is how the story goes that from that he hired him to be Vincent Vega hmm. because he he is a big fan of John Travolta so no, I, didn't, I didn't know that yeah whether that's true or not hey it, it might be folklore but but I know he was a big fan of the, the um, of blowout and a big fan of John Travolta. So it can go from there. But, I mean, the, the simplest thing, somebody sees something you did before and knows that you can bring something to their project. That's what's so interesting uh, about kind of networking and having work out there. But now mm-hmm. I digress. Back to, uh, to movies. And one that I liked and I didn't really get when I was a kid was called, uh, it was a Blake Edwards movie, and it was SOB. SOB with uh, Julie Andrews, and yes. she actually shows her boobs in that movie. That was the whole big deal that she's going to expose herself on TV. Yeah, I might be off a little bit, but I do know, I did see the scene, because I ain't going to lie, at 11 years old, I went to Mary Poppins' boobs. I'm just saying it, okay? I'm <laughs> saying it. I'm just going to put it out there. Oh man, you're, put out there. you're awful. You're awful. All right, keep going. <laughs> but that but just, this that a, just ruined it for you. No, but this is a good movie, man. It it, uh, it tells a great story just about Hollywood. It's a, it's a comedy, and it's nothing. It doesn't claim to be anything more than what it is. It's just a, a silly comedy. Richard Mulligan is in it. Uh, Robert Preston, uh, Larry Hagman was in it. So it had a it had a big cast. I think everybody wanted to work with uh, Blake Edwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe it. I uh, I remember seeing it on TV and just all right. I got my Mary Poppins fix. I got that. I got that down. I'm good. All right. Good movie <laughs> though. I remember. I thought it was pretty cool. I do remember that much. I thought it was entertaining. 
All right. This one here is going to be a surprise that that at 11-year-old, I did go see it in the theaters. This movie here was my first movie that wasn't in English. It was all in subtitles. I'm talking about Das Boot. Das Boot. Or The Boat. And I I had a hard time keeping up with the reading. <laughs> but I got the legit of the film, and I thought it was pretty cool. I remember my mom said, are you sure you want to see this movie? Are you sure? I said, yeah, I was never raised out of water. It's going to be awesome. I just want to see it. I don't care about the reading. Uh, but at the same time, I was kind of into that a little bit with television. Yeah. I was in a Japanese animation. So I don't know. I felt different in a movie theater. Uh, maybe because I I just I can look at the cartoon that got an idea what's going on. Plus I know the show a little bit, so I don't have to worry about the the subtitles very much. But this is yeah. really totally different. So uh, I was really excited to go see this film, a foreign film, and my mom just kept shaking her head like I can't believe you want to see this movie because she thought in subtitles you don't want to read. And I said I watch Japanese animation all the time, but I kept <laughs> up with it. And it was a it was a cool movie, and I really got a kick out of it. I can't tell you the movie now. But I just remember all the tension of them just like being quiet and then looking up and make sure they weren't heard. It was just you know cat and mouse throughout the whole movie and very very and and something I matter of fact it's gonna be on my I'm gonna watch that this week. I, I'm I'm putting on my list to watch this week. Good movie. I don't know if you've okay. seen it, but definitely from '81. It's a it's a good movie. I agree with you. I don't remember much of it. I've only seen it maybe twice. Mm-hmm. But uh. I digress. I'll move on to <laughs> Look, Looker with Albert Finney. Looker with Albert Finney. Yes. That's a great movie, man. And the song, Looker. She's a looker. That's what they say. Yes. Yes. With Susan Day and James Coburn. It's a, yes. it, it, it's a fun sci-fi movie. It's yes. a fun, fun sci-fi movie. There, there's a scene in the movie that makes me laugh, and if I watch right now, I'll laugh again. Where he went to go to the facility, and he happens to watch a commercial. And after the watch commercial, they tell him, "Well, we we like to see what our people are looking at during commercial." And his <laughs> eyes were being tracked of what he was looking at. He was looking at everything but the product. You, <laughs> you see him checking out the boobs. It's freaking hilarious. <laughs> All right. Because he put the crosshairs right where the, her cleavage is. That's where he's all looking. <laughs> he's looking at the product. You know, it's, I'm beating up the scene a little bit, but that's pretty much the logist of it. That was cool movie, though. Very cool movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. All right, what you got next? Okay. One of my all-time favorite comedies came out this year. I have my favorite movie. It's going to be Blazing Saddles, Caddyshack. And Stripes. Stripes is awesome. Bill Murray at his best. This movie was made for him. I know it was written because Harold Ramis was part of it. And this movie kills me. It has one problem with it, and it's with a lot of comedies in the early 80s that they get serious in the last act. It's all funny in the first and second act, but somehow it doesn't get that much. It doesn't doesn't stay funny, in my opinion, in the third act. But I give I I give this one a pass because the first and second act is just awesome. All the yeah. training is great, but once they finish training and they go to Europe, and eh. but it's okay though. I don't care. It's still one of my favorite movies. It, 
it's a, a blast. I, you know, are any guys homosexuals? And he goes, no, but we are willing to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there a class we can take or something? I mean, <laughs> but, uh, oh man, but I, I have some trivia for that movie for you. Oh, good luck. Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on, I no, 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 no. Right I mean, it's not a, it's not a question. It's oh. just a, a bit of trivia from me to you. Oh. And to everyone who's listening. Okay. One of my sergeants when I was in the Army was in that movie in the scene where they're graduating. Oh, really? Because it's on a real military base. It was a real military base, and he was there, and he was uh, was in basic training, and they said, uh, hey, we're going to have you guys out here as extras in a movie. And they didn't have a choice. They were just out there all day. (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh, I love the line he says in the in the recruiter's office. He goes, Are any of you guys been uh, convicted of a felony? He goes, Convicted. Oh, never convicted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, how about, and I don't know if you've seen this, um, you know. Every Mexican American, I think, has seen this movie, but Zoot Soup. The, with um, with almost Edward James Olmos, yeah. yeah. Daniel Valdez, uh, mm-hmm. and Tyne Daly. Tyne Daly was in it, but really? Edward James Olmos and Pachuco. Never seen it. No of the film. Seen the trailer. Never seen the movie. It's I a, know of it. It's very good. It's a very good movie. Edward James Olmos. I mean, just kind of. Took the whole movie over, mm-hmm. which, he, which he tends to do when he's there because he's so good. But it's done so well, and it's based on a play, so uh, it's kind of staged like a play a little bit. But mm. It's done so well. It is done so well. Oh so, no, I haven't seen it, but it's on my list though. Definitely want to check it out. Uh, right here, here we go. Now let's. Bringing up a notch. This next movie, I never saw the original, but when I saw this one, I had to go see part one. And I'm talking about the Road Warrior, as it was called in the United States. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior with Mel Gibson. What a badass movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. What I just cannot say, I mean, from the very beginning, it's just nonstop action. The costumes were incredible. The set was amazing. You know, you saw I saw things I never saw before. I saw people get attacked in ways I never what what the heck's going on here? And it's just you know, there's stuff that an 11 year old may not be watching. This is an example where like maybe I should be watching this kind of stuff at 11 years old. <laughs> but definitely <laughs> one of a, a a good movie. Just great acting. The last act was awesome. The chasing and uh, the whole time there was no gas in the tank, which kind of then I realized what happened. I'm like, what? And then it was cool. Yeah, that's a killer, though. But, um, well, here's another one. with, And this is also, it's got some action in it. It's got great costumes in it. It's uh, got everything you need in a spoof. And I'm talking about Zorro, the gay blade. Did that come out in 81? That came out in 81, yes. <laughs> that movie... Is incredible. I, I saw hilarious. that. I saw it in the theaters. Uh, 
at a dollar theater, probably in '82. Not when it came out, probably because I can't. I know it's still, still. It was in a cheaper theater. It was like a second run, mm-hmm. playing with something else, and I was blown away how funny that movie. At 11 or 12 years old, whatever, I thought it was so funny. It was. <laughs> it was, and it still is. I mean, when he says, he just like a, "Is that is that outfit green?" No, it's avocado. <laughs> he, he came in. He came in dressed like a big plum. Plums, not lime. He's telling us something. <laughs> I love when he has the argument with the uh, with, with like the peasant, and he goes, "What what is that there?" And he goes, "That is a number two. He goes, "No, that is a Z. I'm Zorro." And he goes, "No." My grandson goes to school. That is the number two. It's Z for Zorro. Oh my goodness! No, uh, George Hamilton. Mark. Uh, the, George Hamilton. For, go ahead. And I think he after he did a movie called Love at First Bite, that came out seventy nine. This is when he was doing comedies, I guess. Cause yeah. Both these movies were funny, and mm-hmm. Zorro the Gay played. And I don't know if you know. It was offensive, but I thought it was hilarious. I got. I thought it was hilarious as well. It was a lot of fun. It yeah. moved along so well, and uh, it, ha- it it had a, a good plot to it, you know. Mhm. Definitely. I mean, his brother, the, the real Zorro, gets hurt. So who's going to step in? But his twin brother, who was sent away to uh, military school, and he said. Uh, the Navy made me that man I am today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So oh let's, um, we're running up on about 10 minutes. So let's start naming other movies that we saw. Maybe they weren't our favorites. One I really liked uh, that I hadn't mentioned yet was Ghost Story with Fred Astaire, John Houseman, Melvin Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um and um, oh, I think it was uh, Craig Watson. I think is in it. But uh, this is this is a scary movie. It's about some old gentlemen telling ghost stories, and then they're yep. troubled by uh, someone that they killed like fifty years before. Yeah. Oh man, that one was That's, I. I remember seeing it, but I don't remember much of it. I do. I am aware of the film. I uh, just, yeah. I remember seeing pictures in Victoria. That's all I remember about the film. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, real quick, there's two quick movies I was going to mention, so I have at least here that I want to talk about real quick. One is going to be Dragon Slayer, which is one of my one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Great story, and it still holds up to this day. Even the visual effects is, is incredible. I watched it with my kids a couple of months ago. They liked it. They thought it was pretty cool. That's cool. It's pretty cool. Yep. And the one I just want to mention in passing real quick, because I don't know much of the film, just the the iconic scene itself. And I'm talking about Scanners. came out the same year, too. You took my thunder, but yes. Oh, that sorry. Is one of my, me too. No, that is one of my favorite, favorite horror movies. I've even looked up uh, the, uh, that guy uh, who plays um, the Michael the, Ironside. The no, not Michael Ironside, but the other guy. The uh, weak sauce Red- guy. Yes, I've looked him up. You know what he does now? He's an artist. I mean, no. not not an acting artist, but he's an artist. 
Like he paints. And he oh. uh, it's, a, it's a Canadian film. But yes, oh man, the iconic scene where uh, Ironside shows up and he goes, oh, okay, well, let me try this. You know, like he doesn't know what's going on. And he blows the guy's head up and then just walks off. No, he like nothing happened. Fixing, fixing his tie. <laughs> He's all fixing his tie. I'm out of here. I'm doing my job. Yep. But what's the guy's name? Uh, Daryl Revick. No, Revick is the bad guy, right? Daryl Revick is the bad guy that played by Michael Ironside. I wouldn't know names at all. I'm sorry. I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, Michael Ironside. Was a great bad guy in that movie. I'm a a great bad guy. So I want to drink your brain dry. It's something like the end. I forgot what the line was, but I thought, dude, I want to suck your brain dry. That's what the line was. I know. It did. And then, oh, did. man, that was so. That woman's scanning me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, oh, man, that's so cool. But there's another one, a good drama. If, you're, if you like dramas, and one of the most touchy feely scenes I've, I've ever seen happens. Um, and Four Friends. Have you ever seen Four Friends or heard of it? No. No. Four Friends is uh, a movie about three guys and a girl who are all friends. Craig Watson falls for the girl, and the other guys know it. But one of the guys is like a womanizer, basically. And um, Craig Watson is going – this is the scene I was talking about specifically. He goes uh, – they're at the beach for like their senior party or whatever – and he goes out looking for her because he's going to tell Georgia how he feels about her. And mm. uh, she's with one of the guys. And they're, oh. in, and they're in the sand. And that, I just, even as a 10-year-old kid, you know, I'm thinking, that is awful. That's got to be the worst feeling ever. Yeah. That Daniello yeah. had. That, that, that was the character's name, uh, Daniello. Mm. And it's... It's something else. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a good movie. Right. It's a really good movie. I, um, I may have to check that. Four friends. I may have to check that. Right, we got we got about five minutes, so I'm going to mention a couple of others. We got Dead and Buried, which was Jack. Never Albertson's seen it. Last Jack Albertson's heard last movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. Melody Anderson from dun, 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 Flash. Ah, she was Dale. <laughs> but it's a horror movie, of course. Goes along with my horror movies and Clash of the Titans. Yeah, um, I wish that I um, didn't see it in the drive. Because <laughs> here's here's my take on the film. It was I couldn't see half the picture. It's dark. I don't know why. Maybe I don't know the print, but I had a hard time seeing this movie, and I haven't gone back because of it. And it's unfortunate because I heard it's a good movie. It's just it was I thought a bad print of the movie. It was so dark in a lot of scenes. I couldn't catch up. I saw Pegasus. That's about it. <laughs> and it was it was a really good movie. And for the time, and uh, it still kind of holds up. I mean, some of it you can tell is like uh, freeze. You know, kind of like that freeze frame animation where they just like move yeah. stuff one frame at a time. But it's still so mm-hmm. good. It's still done really mm. well, um, and it's a lot of fun. But um, I saw that in the movie theater. My my stepmom took us to go watch movies, and I got to see that by myself because they didn't want to see it. 
and my dad was at work, so I got to see that. And this was um, some of the last movies that John Belushi ever made came out this year. Continental Divide yeah. and Neighbors. Yeah, yeah still the, those are the last two films. Yeah, great right. actor, great performer, uh, sorely missed. He was gone way too soon. But mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he left some, some great stuff out there. Um, all right, do you have anything else for us? Mr. I got one last movie. I got one more movie I want to mention because it's about the, um, the series, not this particular film. I'm going to talk about James Bond's For Your Eyes Only. Now, oh. the, reason I like James, the reason I like James Bond so much because I thought that's how you get girls. You got to be a super agent because like, everywhere he goes, he, he got women. So I want to be a spy because, damn, we get all the ladies and they're hot, you know. <laughs> now, For Your Eyes Only is not the strongest of the Bond movies. I mean, but Rob Moore is my James Bond. Okay, some people say, well, you know, Sean Connery. Yeah, he's the first one to do it and everybody who's seen that. I understand that. But for me, it's going to be Roger Moore. First one I saw was Spy Who Loved Me. Now, my favorite of all the Roger Moore Bond movies is going to be Octopussy, hands down, one of the best ones. But Living That Die is also good. But I don't know. I just got a thing for Octopussy. I don't know why, but it was just a good, good movie. It's a long one, but it was very intense during the whole nuclear part at the end. I really really got got caught up in that one. So I just want to mention the Roger Moore movie. This is the height. Every other year they came out with a Roger Moore or or a Bond movie. They're pretty good in the 80s. Um, and up to the point where Roger Moore said, I'm done, I'm done. And then they had a little problem with some guy called Timothy Dalton, which didn't work because they're trying to get Pierce Brosnan, which could be an episode in itself about Roger Moore or Bond movies. But definitely check it out. A Four Guys Only, a de- decent movie uh, out of the Roger Moore, but definitely pick Octopussy over this one. But we are talking about 81. Uh, any last yes. words or movies that you could uh, think about? Or that's it? Oh, no? my goodness. Wow. Yes. Uh, well, a couple of horrors. Friday Thirteenth Part Two came out that year. Uh, also, The Final Conflict, which was a sequel to The Omen, and uh, The Fan, which had Lauren Bacall in it, James Garner, Michael Biehn. Um, sorry, uh, it was all about a, a fan who kind of went crazy for Lauren Bacall as she's an actress. And who can forget uh, Eye for an Eye, Chuck Norris. Don't laugh, my friend. Chuck Norris is the man. <laughs> well, on that note, we got to wrap this up, man. Go ahead. Uh, get, take us out of here. We'll get us out of here. All right, my friends. Uh, thanks for listening to us tonight. If you want to catch us anywhere else, uh, you can go to my website, which is www.juanalamanii.com. That's for Juan Aleman the second, And that's juanalamanii.com. Or you can reach me on Twitter at under uh, Alaman underscore II. And where can we get right. you at, Mr. Lamar? Well, you can find me. It's easy to just go at Tony underscore Lamar. You can find me on Facebook. And also, you can also find me in Denver this week, May 12th and 13th at the Voodoo Comedy Lounge. Come out and say hi. Take a picture with me. I'll love that. And I'm looking forward to another episode of that. Or It's the 80s hour, though. So hey, it. thanks, guys, for listening. Have a great week. It's a great night to be with you. And uh, we'll catch you soon. Did we forget to talk about the Evil Later. Dead? We'll catch it next no. time. No. Evil Dead was good. The guy out there. It was a good movie. Check it out. <laughs> Evil Dead was awesome. It was like, 
the coolest movie ever. It, uh, Evil, Evil Dead, Dead. Evil Dead is a Evil Dead and Evil Two are the same movie. Just part does a remake of Part One, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how that worked out. Like, I remember reading both of them to see the other movie, uh, Army of Darkness. But that's it, people. We're going to get out of here. But definitely, thanks. That was your bonus footage. Later. <laughs>